Episode 54 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Isles. How do you choose? Team, welcome along to episode 54 of Fitness Behaviour with Bevan James Oles, your fortnightly podcast on uh, the behaviours that create a lifetime love of fitness and all the benefits that come alongside it. Welcome along, guys. It's, uh, it's in like two weeks. Uh, make sure you're heading off on holiday. I'm going to, um, Joe and I are heading off to Bali next, oh, and literally eight days from now, nine days from now, and uh it's starting to get cold and dark and very wintry in Christchurch right now. And they said there was going to be snow last night. And Christchurch is a place uh, that doesn't get a lot of snow. It's, it's pretty much every couple of years we'll get some snow. And uh, fortunately it didn't come through. But um, the idea of going to Bali where we where it's 30 degrees right now seems very appealing. So I'm kind of, I'm in that place where, you know, when you're going on holiday and uh, it seems really close, but it's almost too far away at the same time. I'm kind of living in that moment right now. But in eight days from now, I'm, I'm heading off. I'm off on holiday. So lots to, lots to kind of look forward to on that front. Uh, today's show is the, is the Bevan Show. It's the one where I just kind of go deep into some thoughts I want to share with you guys. And so I'm going to be getting into that real soon. But before I did do that part of the show, I, I just want to share an experience I had the other day. Um, a really interesting experience actually. I do I, I do a lot of public speaking, and I seem to be doing more and more of it. And um, I, I enjoy the public speaking. I really do enjoy it. I think it's a really cool opportunity to kind of share ideas with people, and maybe ultimately make them reflect on their life, and um, you know, hopefully give them some tools ultimately to walk away with that can help them, you know, live life to a high level within themselves. And that's kind of my ultimate aim. It's funny when you do public speaking because there's kind of what are your aims as a public speaker is and, and there's always what's the objective of my talk and do people walk away with this but one of the other aims as a public speaker is to make sure that the person who chooses to use you um, gets pride in choosing you and I often think about this is that you know like I've never I don't really work for somebody I've I do work for Les Mills but it's very much as a contractor and you're very kind of independent of the work you do and so you don't really have a boss uh, you don't have someone who's looking over your shoulder all the time. And, and so I live in this world where I'm very independent. And uh, But I do always think that if you are working for someone, you, you want to make it your job that you're invaluable to that person, that what you do is of the highest level and you that by having you on their team, that you become, that their life is less stressful and not, not in a way that's detrimental or um, where they abuse it. You know, they need to be able to look after you and hopefully if you had a good manager. But ultimately, I always think that, you know, in the areas where I do work for other people, I always make sure I, I deliver, I'm professional, um, I deliver what I say I'm going to do and, and when I'm going to say I do it and how I'm going to say I do it and, and hopefully to a standard that exceeds expectations. And, and when you think about public speaking, you know, there's there's, you know, somebody chooses you. Somebody decides that they want you to come along and get you to do a talk. And ultimately, while my responsibility is to my audience, my responsibility is also to the person who chooses me to come along. Because it's their 
kind of credibility that they're giving to choosing me to come along. And so while I have to make sure I deliver an amazing talk, I also need to make sure that, again, I make their job as easy as possible. So things like really good communication around how I work, what's happening with the talk, anything they need to know from me, just to show them that I have understanding of what they require of me. All those little things that make you look, or that make you a professional choice for them and make them look like they're doing a good job by choosing you. It's actually, it's kind of off topic, but it's actually a really important part of being a public speaker because if you do a great job at that, then it's going to open up possibilities for you to do more of the thing you love doing. And I recently I did a talk at the IRD, which is New Zealand's tax department, basically. It's the government tax department, the IRD. And a lady I know um, kind of, through triathlon uh, it was a real friendly kind of bubbly character and uh, she just emailed me and said oh look we wouldn't mind just can you in to do a do a talk and um, I went along and I talked to about 100 people I think it was and it went really well it was one of those talks where you know you just the audience got it and all the rest of it but I, I also made sure that again I communicated well and I just did that professional job well, I got an email a couple of days ago saying they wanted to take you around the country doing that talk for the IRD. And the only reason I really believe that happened is, sure, I did a good talk, but it was also that the people who chose me saw that I was a safe bet and, and a bet that gave them more credibility in what they do. And it's just something to think about when you think about the opportunities you get in life. When we think about opportunities in life, <clears throat> often they are given to the person who knows that, that show that they can consistently deliver. And um, and I think that's something, as you think about your work that you do in your life, are you someone who gets opportunities or are you someone who always feels everybody else gets opportunities? And maybe within yourself, what are those limiters to you getting opportunity? Because the great person becomes the person that everybody else thinks of. So if you become the person who's, the highest level in your job and, and, you know, makes everyone else's jobs better and so on, people look to you more often. Now, again, you don't want to be abused in that, but it's, it's a really important thing. Opportunity comes from previous success and credibility. So what are you doing in your everyday activity around the work that you care about that's building that, that credibility and history of success so that you become the safe choice, that you always are the right choice and the first choice that pops up in people's heads? It's, it's, it's a really interesting thing. And if you go back to that subject I talked about a while ago, that whole idea of body of work, you know, like I love the concept of of what's my body of work in my lifetime and uh, you know does your body of work is, is it the kind of work that's going to create opportunity uh, again these Bevan shows these, these every kind of other show that I do now they very much have me just kind of rambling on thoughts and so that's kind of just kind of popped out of my head but I went along to this, this do a talk for the my local council uh, the Christchurch City Council and um, and it was quite cool I, it was kind of strange because they had uh, it ran over two hours and I basically did 20 minute blocks and so I did the same talk twice so I did one talk and then another talk and then the first talk and then the second talk again because they had people kind of coming to different sessions and in one of the talks there was this guy there who um, you know like as a speaker what you're always trying to do is am I captivating my audience and so as you're speaking you're looking for like clues to to are people nodding Do you are you keeping their, their eye contact 
Are they, do people, when they get a kind of a, a light bulb moment, do you see them grab their pen and write something down? You're kind of, you know, you're looking for that. And you're also looking as, am I losing them? So, you know, am I losing them? And you can kind of see the people who really are buying into your message. And unfortunately for me, in most of my talks, uh, you know, most people seem to look like at least that they're buying into my message. But sometimes you'll see someone who you may feel is resistant to what you're talking about or or isn't necessarily buying into it. And uh, when I was doing this talk, there's a guy in the front row who um, he was also a fitness professional. He worked within uh, the Christchurch City Council as their fit, one of their gyms. And um, and he wasn't necessarily being, it wasn't a negative energy he was putting towards me, but you could just tell that he there was something that was kind of a barrier that he was experienced as he was watching his talk. And I really appreciate it. Afterwards, I kind of went up and, you know, you kind of talk to people afterwards. And and he said to me, and he was really honest, he said, oh, um, I hate to be cynical, but all the stuff you talked about, when you have kids, that goes out the back door. And and, and first of all, it made me think, wow, what an what a interesting talk. Because one thing you do, um, one thing I often do with my talks is I talk, before I even start speaking, <coughs> is... I talk about what's the barriers to you getting the most out of today's talk. And I, there's kind of this fun fun kind of topic I talk about, which kind of looks at what are the barriers from you actually getting the learning and the reflective work that you could do from this talk. And because this talk was a little bit different to what I normally do, I didn't do that this day. And so I hadn't really set up this whole, what are the barriers you would have? And obviously this guy had these massive barriers to the tools that I was providing. And um, and the barrier really was, I have children, so what you're showing to us right here is just not realistic because I don't have the time or energy to be able to implement it in my life. So as he was sitting there, he was taking every word that I was expressing it, or expressing or communicating, and he was justifying why that wouldn't work in his life. So he had this mindset of, this wouldn't work because I have children. And he even came up to me when he after afterwards and because, um, and, and he said to me, do you have children? And, uh, you know, because it was that whole thing, you don't understand because you don't have children. And when I said yes, you could tell, kind of tell that he was like, oh, <laughs> you know. Um, and it was just a really interesting thing. And I think it's one of these things that we need to think about as when it comes to concepts of our lives that can help improve our life is, are we becoming our own barrier to helping us progress forward in this area. And it was really interesting talking to this guy because, he, again, he was I loved that he was honest and, and he was really open to my thoughts around um, his situation. And to be honest, it sounded like his situation was one of the situations where he had a life which uh, he probably loved and not say that he doesn't love his life now, but he had a lot more freedom. And with that freedom in the past, he could devote time for growth and self-reflection and all those kind of important tools to make his life better and when kids came along he became time poor and if, if like I'm sure many of you people listening to this right now you know when you have kids your life suddenly you become the back seat and when you become the back seat often what can be a real downfall of that time is that we compare ourselves to the time before we had our kids. So you may have done, it was actually interesting, I had another talk with another guy, 
at the same talk and he was a guy who changed jobs recently and he was he'd always done he was an ex-fireman so he'd always been a very physical man and in the last 18 months he took a desk job and he's no longer physical and it's you could tell the guy was kind of slightly depressed almost because he was losing the side of himself that was fundamental to what he was and it was a similar message but the message was that you're comparing yourself the life you have now to a life you had in the past and you have the expectations of the life you have in the past where the time frames are completely different and for that reason you don't do any of the work that you would have done in the past that you felt give you a sense of identity growth and all those important things and so this this guy who was the father you know he, he now you know instead of kind of doing some development work on himself and spending some time you know doing you know kind of trying to implement some tools that would make his life better you know he'd just jump on the xbox at night and sit up late jumping on the xbox which you know probably came at a cost to the next day energy wise and you know and it was that the best use of his time in developing himself now don't get me wrong i don't think there's anything wrong with jumping on an xbox as a way to relax but if you feel that i'm lacking in life and you're always on the xbox well then maybe something needs to be addressed and uh so i suppose where am i going with this well i suppose my point is is that he had determined that because i had this box that my life is right now aka my children i am no longer able to look at my life in a way where i can develop myself and so as i was watching or as he was watching my talk all he was going was you don't understand my life i can't do this and if you're going to have an attitude of my life means i can't do this well what life are you going to have like if you look at your life and you go, oh, people just don't understand how hard my life is. I don't have the time for exercise. I don't have the time for um, to, to spend development time on myself. I don't have the time to put myself first. I don't have the time to do this, this and that. Well, you need to then accept that that's going to be your, the life you have right now is, is as high as you could hope for. That unless you can step outside your life and devote some time to developing yourself in areas that you want to grow as a person the life you're in, you're going to be trapped in it. And sometimes we need to actually kind of slap ourselves around the face and say, actually, I need to lose this attitude I have towards my current life, this kind of feeling trapped. And as I was saying to this guy, was, well, you know, because the tools I introduce, you know, it's stuff I talk about on the show. You guys know the stuff I talk about. So the tools I talk about are stuff that I believe are, are achievable for people to implement in their lives. But the thing I talk to this guy about is, well, you know, because you do are more time poor than what you were before you had your children, it doesn't mean that you can't have time for yourself to develop yourself. It's just going to be a lot less than what you had in the past. But with a lot less time, what is something that you can add into your life that's going to help you feel that you're developing and growing your life? And you haven't just accepted that my life is going to be this and you don't understand. So I suppose if you, as you're listening to this right now and you think about what are the barriers that you have for you to develop yourself? It's funny as I'm talking, just kind of thinking of that question there. I imagine there's someone in your life who you think, who you know, who just seems to always get life right. Um, 
you know, the, the person who just seems to, I don't know, financially they're onto it, physically they're onto it, they seem to be a really nice person, you know, just everything about them, they seem to get life right. And once, you, you know, once often these people who seem to get life right, it's, it's not that it's just, it's a fluke. They often do all the work that we're talking about here and they kind of consciously have tools and systems and ways of living their life that help them maintain this kind of healthier place. And what you find is that when, when there are those people, and admittedly they are a rarity in the world, but when you meet those people, those around them will say, oh, that's just so-and-so. You know, Aaron, I don't know, I'm just pulling a name out of my butt, but Aaron, you know, that's just Aaron. Aaron just seems to have it right, and you know, everything just works out for Aaron. When you have that, you, you, you just dismiss the work that Aaron would have done to put him, and it continually does, to keep his life in the place that he likes. And so it's more his attitude towards life that creates the life that he has. And for us to dismiss that, hey, it's just because it's that person, A, it's a little bit disrespectful to the person because they would have worked on it, but B, you're not seeing what someone like Aaron has to offer in teaching you how to live your life well. So... Again, if you are someone who knows you have these really big barriers that, you know, I can't have this life because of my situation, well, how do you shift that mindset to go, in my situation, how can I have a life that's moving me more and more each day towards what I want from my life? And what's there in a realistic amount of time that I can devote to that based on the time frames and the expectations of my life? Now, if I think of this guy who came to me after this talk, if he would have that mindset, not the whole, I have kids, I can't chase a life I desire, but he would go, I have kids, I have demands in my life, but how can I still chase a life I desire? What do you think would the difference would be? What do you f- feel would be a better path for him to explore in his life? And ultimately, I think, you know, that's something that all of us at all time in our lives probably need to look at because far out, we all have barriers and, and to look at those barriers and address those barriers ultimately lead us down that much better path. So here's my, my first two points for, t- for today's show. Uh, team, if you want to support the show, go to bevanjamesisles.com. I've got my Patreon um, supportive method, which is you go to patreon.com. If you go to bevanjamesisles.com, what you do is just click on the little patron link there. I always put it in the show notes to today's or to, to each episode. Just go on there. You put a donation in. I think I think what happens is the payment comes out once a month and you can choose how much you pay and how often you pay. So you can choose to go per episode or you can choose to do it. I think you can even choose to do it monthly. And just once a month, your donation go to the shows. Currently, I've got ten people. I'm giving twenty dollars a show, so I'm not not you know I'm not you know retiring from this. But it does support, and those people who have supported me, thank you so so much. I'm just wondering if there's any new people. I think I've done everyone up to right now. Um, but if you if you want to support the show, I really do appreciate it, and I um helps me do important work. So go to my website bevanjamesowers.com, click on the Patreon page. And um, just go on in there and, you know, if you can support the show, chuck a few dollars my way, that'd be really great. It helps me to, like, ultimately, if if I can get the financial support, I'd love to make this a weekly show and, uh, and, and really even be able to create resources that can help you guys 
you know, like I used to do the workbooks, but I just don't have the time to do that kind of stuff right now. And, um, but you know, maybe I could even create resources that I could give away for free if I could get more support. So again, go to bevanjabesiles.com, click on my Patreon link. They'll take you to my page. You'll see me a video, um, talking about why you should do this. And, uh, do you know what I found really funny? Uh, someone disliked my video and, um, not, not that I mind, but I just found it really funny that why would you dislike a video of me talking about Patreon? But sometimes people may not like my work. So there we go. Anyway, uh, I'm going to put some music on and get into the main part of today's show. A couple of weeks ago on episode 53 of this behavior, I had Wendy Sweet on the show. Wendy Sweet. If you haven't listened to the interview, go back and listen to it, because I'm sure for those who have listened, um, Wendy was a great interviewer, and, and I loved I loved the interview of Wendy, and why do I love the interview of her? Because she was, she's just lived and breathed exercise and helping people exercise her whole life, and she just has this insight, you know, like, I, I always thought when I was listening to her, is my job is to get out the way and just let her go on. And uh, not go on is in a bad way, but just let her kind of share the insight and knowledge that she had. And there was so much great insight. And I got great feedback from some, some of you guys, that, like even just on the website from and a message from Kate, got, just listened to the podcast. Really enjoyed listening to Wendy's passion for fitness and the community, as I do enjoy listening to you. As a mum of three young boys, three five and nine months well five three and nine months old well that's three under five that's pretty crazy it's really cemented for me the need to make sure the boys get exercise and sports in their life now to continue those habits in their later lives thank you for the good work you do i listen to your podcast when i'm doing the boring housework makes it much less boring well hopefully kate i'm making your life much less boring right now as you're doing the vacuuming but um but I just, I just loved Wendy's interview. I just, I'm so glad I got on the show, and, and I, I can see myself getting her on again in the future to kind of go into other areas because I get the feeling Wendy and I could talk for five hours about this stuff, and there'd still be more insight to gain. One of the things that really shone through to me from the interview was the importance of accountability when it comes to helping people be successful in achieving growth in their life. And if you think back to, to you know, Wendy talking about her study, and she was talking about uh, some of the key factors that made those personal trainers who had a successful financial and influential career on uh, their clients, it's, you know, it seems that, what you know, A, they have a philosophy, but but one of the key factors is, the fact that they keep you accountable. And, and and actually, as I think about this in myself right now, I think I'll share um, an area of my life where I feel a little bit weak right now. So I've been an, an endurance athlete for a very long time in my life. And I'm, uh, you know, when it comes to cardiovascular fitness, I really kick some butt. And in the last period of time, I've tend to get injured a lot. So in the last kind of three or four years, whenever I try to explore looking at some endurance goal, I just kind of get injured, and there's a few reasons for that. A, I tend to go out too intense too quickly. I don't necessarily build a safe foundation as I move towards a goal. Um, and but B is I, I've allowed my body to lose a bit of strength, and so my strength foundation isn't as strong as I move into these endurance goals. So at the beginning of this year, I, I set a, a new target was to 
explore doing a, a racing goal in the second half of the year and then to use the first half of the year is to build a strong foundation for my body and as a part of that was to get back into the weights room and I, I may have talked about it in the show already but so so pretty much from January through till now which we're now in kind of just before June I've been doing weights pretty consistently for three times a week the whole body kind of workout getting in and doing it now one thing I'm I'm discovering in the weights room is I'm not that mentally strong and one thing you need to know about me is I, my, my fitness journey started in the weights room. So I, I used to smash myself in the weights room when I was a young man before I got into endurance sport. So back in the day, I would really feel that I could match it with, you know, 90% of the population when it came to killing yourself in the weights room. Whereas now, while I'm being consistent in my my results or, or my training, I'm not I'm not really pushing as hard as I probably should or could. And one of the things that I don't have, which I had a lot when I was younger, was accountability. When I was younger, I used to use this trainer called Warren Thin. Warren Thin was a, a PT at the gym at the time. And uh, he was a previous New Zealand bodybuilding championship. And Warren was just renowned as being a hard ass. And he absolutely just destroyed people. And I really think about my own character development and as a person that Warren, uh, through putting me in adversity, you know, taught me a lot about myself in exercise. And one of the things that, like Warren, he was a bit old school, and uh, when it came to technique, he was definitely not the master of looking after technique of movement. Um, but when it came to pushing people hard, Warren made you accountable. He never let you off the hook. He never he never gave you a hug and said, it's okay if you failed. He, he, would, he would use disappointment. And he made me accountable to keep pushing to these next levels and when I get to those next levels he, he would make me more accountable he would just keep smashing me and 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 I gotta be honest I hated and loved it like you know you you the day you'd be going for a session with Warren it would be an absolute smash fest and you'd be you'd wake up stressed like I would wake up that was the only thing in my mind was how I'm going to deal with my session with Warren today so I, at the time when I would consider myself really hardcore, I had this real role model and this beacon of, of accountability beside me. The other thing I also had was a training partner by the name of Jay. And Jay and I, uh, Jay was just a guy who I met at the gym one day and he seemed to always train at the same time as, time as me. And so I um, asked him one day if we wanted, if he could be my training partner. And, uh, and we were just a really good fit. We, we would do weights five or six times a week. We were both consistent. And we both had this kind of underwriting expectation of that we have to kill each other when we're training. So I had these really good accountability tools. I had a good training partner in Jay. And then I had Warren, who Jay and I would go see once a week, who would show Jay and I our next levels. Well, when I look at my own exercise right now, and I'm a guy who's, you know, I'm pretty tough when it comes, like if you could put me in cardio conditioning, I can beat myself up next to the best of them. And, and, and admittedly, even in strength environments, if it's competitive, I can push myself. But I'm discovering right now, with them just me doing weights by myself, I'm lacking that edge. There's a few things that come with that. Well, first of all, am I getting the results I desire? Now, I have to admit, I have got stronger. My body's much better than what it was this time four or five months ago. But I probably could be progressing a lot faster if I could train to a higher intensity and push myself more mentally. The other thing is, am I enjoying weights 
as much as I could. For the more experienced athlete, the intensity and, and the challenge is what gives us our most satisfaction. And I have to admit, as I walk away from the weights room right now, the feeling I'm getting is I've ticked that box. Not, oh my God, I feel on top of the world because I've blitzed myself. So one thing I'm discovering in this area of weights training, and I'm trying to get better at it, but ultimately what I am lacking is accountability. That for me to be able to get better in my weight training, I need to really implement accountability. And it's something I'm really looking at addressing right now. I'm looking at uh, once I get back from Bali, from our holiday, is to, to try to find a training partner who I can do at least one session a week with, and maybe even working with a PT at the gym. Now, now I've got the knowledge. It's not that I need someone to write my programs. I need the accountability. And I'm a fitness professional who spent 15, 16 years of my life pushing myself. But in my weights environment right now, I need the accountability. And when we think about accountability, there's a few things we need to think about. So, so I'm in a situation, and I imagine lots of you of you are listening to this right now, like if you think of, of yourself and you think about areas of your life where you're trying to be great, do you have accountability? And would adding accountability to your life make your life make you more successful, give you more satisfaction, make you grow more? I'm pretty sure the answer is yes. So if we, if we can really understand that for me to have accountability or, or for me in the areas of my life where I want to develop myself and grow myself, well then accountability is a, a really important aspect of it. And if I'm avoiding accountability, maybe I'm trying to keep safe. And in keeping safe, maybe there's a cost of me, you know, not really growing in the ways I like. It's really interesting stuff to think about, isn't it? So if we can acknowledge that, like I suppose just lastly, if you look at the areas of your life when you've grown the most, was there a level of accountability around it? So if we can acknowledge that accountability is a really important tool for us to grow as people, then we need to think of a few factors. And it was really funny, I was doing the, the same talk I was talking about in the introduction today um, when I was talking at the council and um, there was a couple, there was, there was a girl who, I was just, I was hitting notes, man, because she, she started crying um, in the back. You know, it wasn't obvious kind of cry, but I could see that she was wiping tears away. And I, obviously I had a note in something I was talking about. And to be honest, the talk that I was doing wasn't necessarily one of my more emotional talks, but, you know, something I said had a note with her and made herself reflect and, and made her grow. And you could tell that this person, uh, she, she wanted to lose some weight. She was a little bit overweight. And you could tell that her weight was a real big issue for her. And... um. And I, I, I wasn't necessarily talking about the subject I'm talking about here. I think I was just talking about maybe support or I can't, I can't even remember what I was talking about. But I kind of at the end of the talk, I said, do I have anyone have any questions? And she kind of said, um, how do you get people around you to help you achieve your goal? And I, I think this is a really important important thing to consider is, you know, like no goal is achieved by one person. And if we can acknowledge that accountability is a really important part, well, we actually consciously want to inject that in our in our goal setting. Um, but I think there's one thing that's really, really important, is choosing the right people to help you achieve your goal. Choosing the right people to make you accountable. And there's a few examples that I want to give. So there's a couple of examples, and there's probably two levels to this, is um, choosing the right people 
even writing this down as I'm talking right now. And then the second aspect of it is to teach them how to work with you. And I'm going to start with the teaching them how to work with you first. I, I did another talk a while ago. Um, I, I am doing a lot of speaking right now. It's quite funny because um, I, I always joke that I've, I've made a life out of talking. And my whole life as a kid, I was told to shut up. So, so I was, my, my joke is they should have told me to talk more. Um, I did a talk a while ago. And at the end of the talk, um, it was one of those ones where some, whatever I said hit a note with somebody and then they wanted to they wanted to use what I had offered with their partner so this guy came up to me after the talk and said look I, you know, I really appreciate you talking through it it was really cool um, there's some really great stuff there and I think my partner could really get some value from the tools that you introduced um, and he basically went on to say that his partner had gone through a tough time and put on a lot of weight in her life and, you, and it was really upsetting her Unfortunately, he didn't have the tools to be able to support her in a way where she felt supported. If anything, whenever he tried to offer support, she took that as, you don't think I'm good enough, I'm a failure. So he wanted to support her, and he was trying to support her, but his way of trying to support her actually pushed her away from him and made her feel worse about herself. And you could tell, like, this guy really cared about his wife. And it wasn't he because it wasn't because he thought, you know, that she was overweight and she was disgusting or anything. He, he could tell he was really genuinely concerned about his wife and he just wanted to support her. Unfortunately, the way he supported her pushed her further away and pushed her closer to the behaviors that kept her in a bad place. So one of the things that we need to think about when we think about those people who are in our lives to help us achieve a goal is one of our roles within that is to teach them how to support us. And, and it's almost like the, the conversation needs to start with that. You know, is that, hey, I, I, you know, let's say you want to lose some weight and you want to go to your, your husband or your wife and you, you say to them, look, I, you know, I'm sick of being overweight and I want to lose some weight and I need your support. And to be honest, I'm not sure if you're going to be great at, at supporting me at first, but what I want us to do is I want us to have an attitude of two things. A, I want you to support me. So I want you to have a commitment to supporting me. But B, for you and I through great communication to, to, to evolve and learn how supporting me works best. So that when there are those moments where maybe your partner does something that doesn't necessarily make you feel good and actually pushes you away from what you need, that you feel open to be able to communicate and say, actually, babe, that way didn't work. You know, I appreciate that you, you showed the commitment right then, but actually the, the, that method of trying to support me doesn't work. Maybe next time you could do this and then you could offer a solution on a better way of doing it next time. And, and ultimately what you're trying to do is you think about teaching the people who support you is, you know, if, if you've got this open dialogue, so it's not that they're doing, it's not that they're bad, it's not that they're a bad person, it's just that we're, we're just trying to figure out how we can support each other better. And that's a really important thing to be evolving. And if I think back to this guy who, and his wife, he just made her feel like a failure, so she just rejected his support. And what was happening was, well, based on the, a 10-minute conversation I had with him, it seems that that was just creating a bigger disconnection between them. 
Whereas if they were to have an attitude of, we understand that we are here to support each other. We understand that we may not be great at it, but we also understand we we want to have a commitment for that support and that we're going to evolve and grow how we support in this situation. Then A, it's going to get better. And B, we'll be, you know, we'll, that, that, that evolution will happen. So you will feel supported. So I suppose my first point around that is once you get the right people around you, it's not just choosing the right people, which I'm going to talk about in a second. It's actually also understanding that it's an evolution of how we support each other or how they support me. And it's also something that you want to think about in your life. If you are the support for people in your lives. Like it's funny with my clients. Um, you know, I, I do the mentoring work and I love doing my mentoring work. And, um, and, and different clients need different support. Like some people need, um, some people don't need me at all. They just want to catch up occasionally and they just want to, you know, have the catch up and then I won't hear from them at all. And then some clients need a lot of support um, but they need it in different ways. So some clients will need me to, you know, to kind of come back with solutions to problems or, or offer my thoughts on. Some clients just need to tell me stuff and I just need to say, oh, that's cool. Some people need me to be, you know, sharpen up. And as, as a mentor, part of my role is to, as, as that person who keeps people accountable, part of my role is to, to understand how I need to work with the different people in my life or the different people I'm working with. And maybe even within different situations for the different people. So as you think of your past self, so, you know, to this point, it's how do the people around me support me and how can we evolve that? But also for those of your people in your life who you support, how, how are you supporting them? Could you get better at supporting them? And how can you communicate with them and create better understanding so that both of you are on the same page? It's really interesting stuff to think about. So, so the first point, I suppose, is um, the, the evolution process. The, the, the second point, which it probably should have been the first point, but in, but it's probably the more important point, is how do I surround myself with the right people that will make me accountable? So the classic example of this where it goes wrong is let's say you, you decide you're sick of being unfit and you decide you're going to sign up and do, you know, in four months from now, you're going to try to do a 10K race. And so you, so you download, I don't know, some 5K app and a 10K app and you think you're going to do the program and, and you realize you want some accountability. So you ring your, your mate who you know is also a little bit unfit and uh, you say to your mate, you know what, let's, let's sign up for this 10K fun run. It looks like heaps of fun. It'll get us out or keep us fit and we can have this really fun experience together. And uh, your, your friends have a similar fitness ability to you. So you kind of, you know, you, 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 know, you know that the, there's not going to be too much pressure on you to kind of go fast. So, you know, it seems like a pretty good fit. And first couple of sessions, you get out there, it goes really well. You're out there, you, I know you're following the program, you're actually enjoying being outside. You, you know, in your mind, you're feeling successful. You start to feel to yourself that, hey, man, I can get out, I'm going to do this. And you're high-fiving your friend, you catch up for coffee. So it's, it's a really positive experience. Maybe the second week into it, you wake up one morning, you're meant to go for your run, walk, run at maybe, I don't know, 6.30 in the morning, and you wake up, and it's pouring with rain. And you get a text from your friend, you know, five minutes before you're meant to leave, saying, do you know what? The bed seems pretty comfortable this morning. Maybe we should, you know, call it a day today and uh, write this one off. 
Now, in that situation there, the person that you've chosen to make you accountable to your goal is the wrong person. Because the person who's there to make you accountable, in the moment when you need to be held accountable, withdraw. And they actually make it easier for you to make the wrong choice. Whereas, if you were to have chosen a person who's really great at accountability, they would probably text you and say, I know it's raining, but we've got to go do this. Or you just know that they're going to be there. And and the guilt of, you know, their, the accountability they're going to bring to the exercise, it means while going out in the rain may not seem like the most appealing thing in your life right now, you're going to get out and do it. And that's what we need to think about when we think about choosing the people that are accountable. Like, if I'm in an area of my life where I need amazing support, I need to make sure I surround myself with the people who have the ability to be able to provide that accountability at that time. There's probably three areas here. They need the ability. So they need to have the character of the person who, who will pull you up when you need to be pulled up. They need to have the commitment. They need to, you know, when you do give that text, they need to say, or, or when they do wake up on that wet day, they have to have that commitment to not letting you off the hook. And that also, do they have the knowledge? Do they have the knowledge to be able to provide you with the tools and uh, the information and the education that you need to be able to create the growth that you desire? It's funny, as I think back to myself in, um, in my world, I remember years ago with one of my runners, I had this this lady who was, was quite a good runner. And... Um, but she was someone who always had an excuse. There was always a reason why she couldn't go well. Uh, and it's not to say she didn't go well. She was actually a really good runner and she had some pretty good, she achieved some pretty good goals. But um, but every time you would come up to her, the first thing she would be doing was be telling you an excuse. And it was kind of known within our coaching team that this person always had excuses. And... Um, and one day, I, I, we cycle, we bike, ride bikes beside our runners so we can kind of get around more people. So I was kind of riding my bike and I rode up to her and um, and I, I think I was trying to challenge her. Like they were meant to be doing some K work, I'm not quite sure. And so she was meant to be running at a certain pace and maybe she wasn't or maybe she was struggling or something. And, and I kind of I kind of went up to her and and I, was, and I pretty much said, how'd you going? And she just started to provide me with excuses. And... I made a choice which was a really hard choice to make. I told her that every time she speaks to me, all I hear is excuses. And not in a fun, lighthearted way, you know, it was it was you have this barrier of I always have an excuse of why I can try to find my next level. And and I and I and I said it in a really kind of upfront, clear you know, not, not, not mean, but, uh, you know, I'm sure inside it was a really hard thing for her to hear. Like, I'm sure she was probably, you know, went self-aware, went, you know, it was a horrible place. Um, but it's what she needed to hear. Like, it really was. She was, she was allowing excuses to, to limit herself. And every moment, the first thing she would always provide was an excuse. And uh, so I, I did the hard, horrible thing. And uh, and I have to admit, after I did it, I felt 
you know, I want people to like me. I'm, I'm one of my downfalls in life is I'm a pleaser, and so sometimes pleasers avoid confrontation, avoid the hard moments because you want people to like you first, and so you won't necessarily do the thing that's good for them. Uh, or, or, or what you need because you're trying to please and I have to admit that's definitely a weakness I have within myself and uh, but I just felt she needed to hear that and um, it was fascinating again it was horrible for her to go through that experience but within a within a very short period of time you saw this massive growth happen in this person and you saw how she shifted from being a person who always looked for excuses to being a one a person who who try to explore ways through those excuses and, and to not use those excuses as a way to restrict herself, but to use them as a way to develop herself and, and to look about, well, where do I need to develop myself? And there was this massive shift. And then about five or six months later, her and I were having a talk and she just sat, sat me down and she said, that moment, it was, like it was horrible, I hated it, but actually it was a really key moment in my life. And it really made me realise that I need to, to shift. And... The only reason she was able to do that was because somebody pulled her up and kept her accountable. And that's when you need the person around you who has the courage within themselves, has the knowledge, the understanding, the commitment to, to pull you up. Now, we, we know, in that, like right now, we're with weights right now. I know I should work harder. But sometimes we can allow ourselves off the hook. Whereas if I was standing next to Warren Thin, my old personal trainer, in the weights room, you know, this morning when I was doing weights, he's not letting me off the hook. And if I try to pull off some, you know, crap excuse, he's not pulling me off the hook. So the second thing we need to do is we need to choose the right person. And I think there's just one other thing to think, consider around this here is the person needs to be the kind of person who cares to help you grow. So it's not that they're a bully. It's not that they're being mean. It's that fundamentally that they probably are a positive thing in your life. But just when they know you're pulling, you're, you're slacking off, or when they know you need to be stretched further, they're going to be there for you, and they're going to make you accountable, and then support and, and give you the tools to move forward. And ultimately, that's what we want to think about. If I can provide, or if, if I can have more accountability in my life in the areas I want to grow in my life, it's almost like I'm putting a fast-forward pattern on my progress. Like if I look at the, the example of me doing weights, again, I've got some strength this year, I can't deny it, I've, there's been some value to me doing weights. If I had someone beside me keeping me accountable, I would probably be 15, 20% further ahead, maybe even more, probably even more. So by not doing that, I've almost pushed a, a slow play button on my life in this area that I want to grow. Whereas if I had put that person beside me, I'm putting a fast forward button beside me. I'm fast-forwarding the growth that I want to have. So as you look at your life, and you think about your life, are you avoiding accountability? Are you avoiding accountability because ultimately it means you know you have to confront the hard stuff you should be working on? When you think about the times in your life when you have progressed the most, have you had accountability around you in ways that have, have really challenged you but have actually ultimately led to you growing and, and experiencing higher levels of self? If you feel that's the case and you don't have accountability in your life right now, maybe it's time to put it back in. And as you think about putting accountability back in, the first thing you need to think about is 
who are the right people and maybe not even people just the environments as well like i think about my running group we try to create an environment where socially there's an accountability to turn up um but who are the right people or worlds that will make me accountable and then once i determine who those people are how do we continually together work out how they can be better at at supporting me towards my growth if i do that there's a much higher chance I'm going to achieve much more in my life. Like ultimately, it's it's just at least I speak about this. Like it's really interesting as this topic's been in my head over the last few weeks. I'm realizing it's, it's one area I need to get it back in. And obviously, I've talked about weights, but there are some other areas in my life as well where I'm like I'm really disciplined. No, don't get me wrong, I achieve, I achieve a lot of my time, but is there more? Yeah, definitely. So, what are you doing with accountability? Can you do better? Can you evolve it? And what are the possibilities if you do that? Do you think that if you did that, you would be that better version of yourself? Right, I think that's pretty much this month's show. This month's there. I still do it. This fortnight's show, Locked and Loaded. Um, next fortnight, I've got an interview. I've already actually done the interview, and it's a little bit of a different interview, I've got to be honest. I um, uh, There's a lady I met. Uh, I did a conference for Les Mills a couple, or last year, this time last year, or probably late last year. And there's a lady I met there who just kind of blew my mind around facilitation and public speaking. And... Uh, I kind of interview her on the show, I've got her coming on, and I've got to admit, it's, it's not necessarily a fitness-focused interview, but it's just someone who I, I don't know, I think the interviews I'm going to have on the show won't necessarily always be fitness, it's just people who I believe have some pretty cool insight, and um, and and I think are worth having on the show, so I've got her coming on next month, uh, next fortnight, <laughs> two weeks from now, and then I'll be doing another show, just me, and then I'll, I'll probably get all those done before I go on holiday, but they'll be released in the next month. And then I'll be back and I'll be have a tan. Looking forward to it. I have to say, holidays are really important. I think one of the things that we should all aim to do in life is is get away sometimes. And, you know, I know holidays come at an expense. And, um, you know, not everyone can afford to have holidays all the time or have, you know, to get away all the time. But it doesn't take much to get a tent and just do a long weekend away. And there's something about just stepping out your life that's just really healthy. It's funny, you, you you know, if you're in a relationship, I guarantee going away for a long weekend with your partner is always realigns the relationship. And oh, well, maybe not always, maybe, it, maybe if it's really terrible, maybe it's a bad thing. But I think a lot of the time, just that stepping outside of my everyday life, just to, to do something else, have a breather somewhere else, makes us come into our own life a little bit fresher and sharper. So hopefully when I come back from Bali, I'll be fresher and sharper and a lot more tanned because... because 30 degrees right now seems really appealing as I'm sitting in my office with my, my jacket and my heater on. So, Anyway, guys, if you've got any questions, you can email me at bevanjames at gmail.com. Once again, if you want to support the show, to go to bevanjamesisles.com. Check out my Patreon link, and they'll take you to, so you can become a patron of the show. Um, that's pretty much it. I'll uh, rock on. I really need an ending for the show. If someone wants to email me through and suggest me an, an outro for this podcast, feel free to do that. Um, I'll see you in a couple weeks' time. You guys rock on. See ya.